This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I am your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Mara Wilson, a writer and actor living in Los Angeles. And now here's more of our conversation. Would you please uh, be so good as to read our first letter? Yes. So the subject is perplexed and pregnant. I'm a bi non-binary person whose bi cis husband has wanted an open relationship ever since we got together 12 years ago. He didn't communicate those desires honestly. He cheated. We've come a long way since then, and I see how much that closing down that part of his sexuality pains him, which pains me. With our new foundation of trust, I feel more comfortable with him being with other people. I'm also 18 weeks pregnant. I feel like that adds a weird layer for his other potential partners that I don't know how to navigate. I would also hate for any pregnancy-induced hormonal overreactions that I might have to make him feel old shame. Pregnancy has been a minefield for my gender dysphoria, too. But I don't want us to wait, because I feel like once our baby gets here, free time will be in short supply. How do we reassure partners that my being pregnant is not part of the kink and draw boundaries as we go under a very real time crunch? Did anything in particular strike you about this letter writer's perspective? Um, I kind of wasn't sure what the question was. And a lot of the languages I'm becoming more okay with, I'm trying to do this. And it all feels very much for their husband's benefit, mm-hmm. I think. What What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like some of these questions, I, I think part of the reason that you have sort of correctly identified they're a little difficult to answer or or a little difficult to understand is some of these are just not questions that I think this letter writer needs to answer. Like the question of how do we, my husband and I, mm, reassure mm-hmm. potential or prospective partners of his about my pregnancy? And that's just like, that's not your job. Yeah. It, I'm wondering if maybe they are feeling a little bit out of control, which Pregnancy makes people feel out of control, and especially if if you are going to be having, like, especially with gender dysphoria, gender dysphoria makes people feel out of control. And and, and so I feel like this is them, I mean, I don't want to project anything onto them, but but it could be that they are feeling a little bit nervous about this. Yeah. Oh, and I'll happily project onto them, although I don't think we have yet started (laughs) projecting. I think this is all something that's present in the letter. What I see here is, you know, I'm so worried for pregnancy-induced hormonal overreactions. Mm-hmm. I want to acknowledge certainly that changes in one's hormones can affect how one feels on a given day. I will even go so far as to say such surges might occasionally uh, you know, lead a person in the direction of feeling something they don't normally or otherwise feel, and that might therefore be temporary. Um, I don't think that hormonal surges associated with pregnancy or anything else suddenly make your feelings like null and void, like a canceled check, or that you need to automatically dismiss them as solely hormonally induced. I mean, that my other thought there was like, you're only 18 weeks pregnant. That's not that far. Like, no, that's not. Not not that like, you know, it's only in the last two weeks that the real roller coaster really kicks in. It just feels like the letter writer is so quick to kind of assume this thing that has actually been kind of hard for me for years with my husband. If I feel bad about it now, it's just the hormones. I'm just nuts. Yeah. I also think the the question of how do we talk to partners about this, 
The thing is, it it seems as if they are not the one who is actively seeking partners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this isn't, or, or maybe they are seeking partners, but there are people who are, who are monogamous, who are married to people who are polyamorous and, uh, or people who want an open marriage. And they say, look, you can do that if you want to. I don't particularly want to, uh, you know, they, they shouldn't feel forced to do that. You know, there's, there's some people like it. Some people don't, you know, I tend to be more monogamous. I think, and uh, some people, but some people just aren't. And I think that they don't have to force themselves to be poly if that's not something that they're interested in. And also talking to people, I mean, in my experience with polyamorous people, most of them, you know, if if they are, you know, doing it very well and being very respectful, they tend to be, which, you know, and obviously you can be monogamous in a, you know, disrespectful and confusing way as well. Oh, yes. Uh, but, but most polyamorous way, oh, yeah. But poly, most polyamorous people tend to be pretty pragmatic. And so saying, you can just say to them, like, this feels like, like, that's, it's not really the issue being like, hey, my, my spouse is pregnant. They might not want to do this. The pregnancy isn't part of the kink. Um, the pregnancy isn't a thing, but I want to, you know, I, I would like to pursue, you know, relationships or like encounters or whatever with you. They, they would just be like, okay. The thing that they're asking does not feel like the issue here. It, it, yeah. it does feel like, yeah. I, I was struck by that too, because it was like, you're not describing kink right now. You're describing a possibly open relationship. So. Yeah. And and it's it's not a kink. Yeah. it's it's And polyamory isn't a kink. It's a, it's a different thing. But also, yeah, I think that maybe they feel pressured into doing it as well, or maybe they feel like they have to, and they don't have to. <laughs> I think that probably something that is a, is a thing with, you know, AFAB people, you know, assigned female at birth people and uh, feminine people typically, uh, and I mean, I, I, I think that there's a lot of sort of assumption and I'm, I'm sure this is actually probably true of all genders. I think I just see it more in, in feminine people, uh, is this sort of idea that your feelings are driving everybody else crazy. Your hormones are driving everybody else crazy. And it's, you know, your pain is driving everybody else crazy instead of, you know, your, your hormones may be a bother to you. (laughs) It's, it's seeing, you know, their, their, uh, it's seeing somebody's own like, you know, hormones and pain and confusion and things like that as problems for other people, as irrational and as something that irritates other people and that kind of thing, which, uh, and, and that is something that I think you see a lot of, a lot of like your emotional, you know, your own emotional experience. There's this assumption that, uh, I am being too much with my feelings. I'm being too much. My hormones are too much, this kind of thing. And it's seeing it not as something that the the person experiencing them has to go through, but that's something around them. You know, I think about the way that people used to talk about PMS in the 90s and 2000s, and it was always just like, PMS drives men crazy, which is reductive and stupid in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, and that's not what the experience is. Yeah, I, I mean, like I look at this letter and I see, you know, my husband has wanted an open relationship for a long time, which fine. He cheated on me. That's painful. Um, you two, it sounds like, decided to stick together and work it out, which I think is totally legitimate. You say you've come a long way and you have a new foundation of trust. You know, letter writer, you don't really go into detail about that. But I, I would say if you have really come a long way, I would expect for him to have done a lot to restore trust with you. Uh, since then, not just for you to work harder at understanding him. So you say like now when I know that he's closing down that part of his sexuality, it pains him and that pains me. So I, you know, 
I'm not worried about you being appropriately empathetic towards him and his desires. You don't really say a lot about like, what has he done to restore trust with you? What has he done to prioritize your relationship to one another? How does he feel about the baby? Like, I just, Mm. I have to say, you say you're 18 weeks pregnant. And the only thing that you say about it is that you're worried it's going to make it harder for your husband to find other partners, which you are now more comfortable with than you used to be. So to me, that speaks of an environment of a little bit of panic, a little Mm -hmm. bit of anxiety, a little bit of insecurity, maybe a little bit of a sense of if I have a baby, you know, without even touching the sort of uh, Pandora's box of how that makes me feel about my own dysphoria, that's going to make you know, my husband's life harder and I am doing something bad by making his life harder. So now what I need to do is treat myself like a sort of insane time bomb that he needs to work around so he can, you know, not to be reductive, but like date a lot of other people before the baby arrives. And I just think that that, gosh, if you want to make sure that when the baby comes, you kind of hate yourself and feel maximally alienated from your husband, by all means, keep going down that road. But, you know, while I agree that you don't want to go out of your way to make your husband feel shame, it doesn't sound like you've been doing that at all. So if you just mean that sometimes acknowledging the fact that he cheated on you makes him feel bad, okay, you know, that's on him. You know, let him work through those feelings. Let him tell you about those feelings. Speak kindly when you can, but it is not your job to make sure that he never experiences shame. And it is not your job to make sure that it's easy for him to date people on his own timetable. What's actually your job is to make sure that you and your husband are relatively honest and careful with one another, especially now. So I would advise you, letter writer, to really investigate what more comfortable with him being with other people looks like for you right now. Do you actually feel like if your husband were to go on a date with somebody next month that you would be prepared to talk about that as a couple, that you would feel secure, that you would feel prepared to like keep getting ready for your baby? Do you feel like you would actually be white knuckling it and trying to say, just stop hurting and like get on board with what he feels? I don't want to fill in the blanks too much there. I just, you're just not very enthusiastic about much here. It's mostly just, uh uh-oh. I I worry I just made my husband's life harder and he's been shutting down his sexuality for me. And it's just, this has to be something that the two of you feel at least reasonably similarly prepared to do. That's not to say you have to, you know, feel exactly the same thing about everything at every minute of the day. But that whole thing of, I don't want to wait because I feel like once the baby gets here, he won't have the free time. So we've got to like binge it all in now. It's just, I don't think that's an attitude that's going to serve you very well. Yeah, no, I, I agree with this. I think that I think that they aren't really thinking of themselves. <laughs> yeah. They aren't. And and yeah, and and where is their husband in in all of this? And, you know, what what is their husband thinking? Because their husband, you know, their husband is an adult and their husband can help themselves and their husband, you know, and, and also what what is their husband going to do with the child? How is their husband going to care for the child? And I do know that there are, and I've seen it, there are, you know, polyamorous couples where where somebody else, you know, becomes, you know, part of a triad and they kind of end up raising the children together and things like that, like that can happen. But there's also, and there's also not one way to be polyamorous. There are people who just have open relationships with people and they have, you know, they have a partner here and then they have people who are very involved in the child's life and very involved in these kinds of things. And then there are people who go out on dates. 
Yeah, it does seem like this letter writer does not want partners like yes, coming it, in and being part of their dynamic. That does exactly. It very it feels much more like like kind of an open marriage of like okay, they go on dates and you know he goes on dates and you know he has these partners but doesn't kind of bring it back and and that's fine. That's you know that that dynamic is good too. But yeah, it does feel like they aren't really thinking of themselves right now and. And who knows if, they're, if their husband is even worried about these things. Right. Yeah. I feel like letter writer, there's maybe a real fear of like, if I don't make sure he gets this, then between a new baby and everything else, you know, he might not be happy with me. And yeah. so I need to give this to him. And I just think that that is a really um, like self-denying way to think about having a baby together and about yeah. being in a partnership. So I would say, stop worrying about his prospective partners. Be honest with your husband about what you want to make sure uh, he does or doesn't do with other partners, whether that be like, I don't actually want you to tell them very much about me, or I want to make sure that your dates are, you know, only on like prearranged days, or um, I want to be sure that we debrief afterwards, or I don't want to do that. Like, think about what you want and talk about that with him. Draw the boundaries as you go, as you need. Um, and, And I would say, generally speaking, if you experience a moment of like real hesitation or uncertainty. Treat that as like a yellow sign at a crosswalk and take that as an excuse to slow down and stop and say like, we need to reconnect here and figure out what's going on. And I think it's great that you are, you know, you are doing these things for your husband and you are understanding him and you are, you are trying to help him and, and be supportive of him and, but also be thinking about how he can support you. Yeah. You know, it goes both ways. And in a, in a relationship, in a marriage, that's, you need that kind of mutual support. Yeah. But yeah, your 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 concern right now should not be about reassuring people you don't know who your husband might date that your pregnancy is like effectively not a big deal. And it should be, you know, how can my husband be present for me and be with me? How can I make sure not to dismiss my feelings and desires and limits simply because I am pregnant and experiencing a wash of hormones? And also maybe what do my feelings about these hormones suggest about my own thoughts around possible uh, aspects of transition in the future. Sometimes if you feel very strongly about the idea of some hormones, it's at least an indicator you might like to try some other ones. You don't have to, but <laughs> you know, it might be useful information. Sometimes people just don't like them and that's fine, but sometimes it's like, why not try a little testosterone? That's my answer to everything. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> think about yourself. You and your partner need to be thinking about your relationship right now. Let him advocate for himself. Let his other potential partners advocate for themselves. Your role is to advocate for yourself. Um, And then you all listen to each other and do your best to find workable compromises. And you advocate for him and make sure he advocates for you too. I think for this letter writer, I would say, I'm not worried about this letter writer not advocating for their husband. I would say back off a little bit on advocating yeah. for him just because it feels like yeah, I no, that's see true. that he's sad. So I feel sad. And now I'm working overtime to make sure he gets what he wants. Mm-hmm. Think of his feelings and, and desires as something you care about, but that are not yours to get for him. Does that right. make sense? Like, okay. Yeah, no, it does. I just feel like, I just feel like, I don't know. It, it it feels like I don't, I like, I really, reading this letter, I really don't know where the husband is with all of this. And, right. and, and I don't want is to he, assume is he like, supportive? he cheated yeah, on you, he, he must be garbage, he must of be course. a monster. No, 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 I don't, I don't think that either because cheating happens. And, and especially if somebody's, yeah, if somebody's like a different, if somebody's probably, yeah, that happens. But like, I, I think that they can expect or, or they should, you know, communicate with their husband and, and also let their husband know that they need support as well. Yeah. Yeah. My, my last thought here is I think, you know, I see how much closing down that part of his sexuality pains him, which pains me, Mm. you know, letter writer. I don't know how he has communicated that, whether he has done so 
in a sort of sulky way or, or in a more honest way, or whether it's been direct or indirect, I would invite you to ask yourself, has part of the pain for me been in thinking, why am I not enough for you? And then my reaction to that question is, I'm going to work overtime to accommodate what I believe his needs and desires are in order to make him so happy that I will become enough again. Um, whether that enough involves monogamy or not. I wonder if part of what's going on here is this fundamental fear that he's enough for me, I'm not enough for him, mm -hmm. therefore I am defective and I need to make up for this in other ways. If any of that feels uh, resonant, as they say, if any of that rings a little emotional bell, that might tell you a lot about your motivation behind, there's a time crunch. How do we reassure other people that, you know, I'm not going to be a burden because it doesn't sound like some of this is coming from your husband, but he may also have some things to answer for in terms of how you got there. Um, it's always tricky when I'm trying to figure out, like, not can you blame your partner for your own state of mind, but sometimes, like, have they hurt you in ways that have led you to draw certain conclusions that are very vulnerable or painful to try to bring up? And those are, are hard conversations to revisit because who wants to say, hey, you know how we're married and about to have a baby together? Sometimes I worry that you don't really care about me. And so I have to be extra lovable and useful and get you the things that you want. Can you confirm or deny that? Like, it, of course, that's a, that's a daunting question to ask, but I think it has to be done, especially since you're going to be raising a baby together. And that usually does not make things a lot easier. It adds complicating factors. Also, congratulations. You're having a baby. How wonderful. Yeah. I hope. That goes beautifully and that your husband is a wonderful and supportive partner. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think those are, those, are, and those are painful things to think about. But I, I don't know. I think that the fact that they haven't recounted anything their husband said is, is uh, it's interesting. How much, how much of it is what their husband is, is thinking and how much of it is what they think their husband is thinking. Thanks for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Also, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you get a minute. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations and interview questions with our guests. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you need some little advice or big advice and you'd like me to read your letter on the show, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form or find a link in the description of the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening. 